Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Hey, welcome back. I'm Chris, the pastor at Compass. Really glad you're with me today to celebrate Advent. Now, we're all familiar with the feeling of joy. A lot of the causes are pretty universal, like the birth of a child or your wedding day. Feel joy those days. But a lot of reasons we feel joy are unique and different. You might feel joy being in a loud party full of friends, while for somebody else, it's sitting alone reading a good book. You may feel joy sitting at the beach on the warm sand looking out at the ocean, while someone else might feel it skiing down a snowy slope with cold wind blowing in their face. You might feel immense joy when the phrase, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, comes up on the screen at the beginning of a new Star Wars movie, while your partner feels it when the movie is finally over. Every year at Christmas, Christmas time, we sing Joy to the World. Not the Jeremiah was the bullfrog version, but the Lord has come version because joy is something that is closely tied to Jesus. And it's a thread that runs all through the Bible. In fact, just like we have different reasons to feel joy, the Bible also highlights different reasons. It says that joy is caused by a wedding or by children most of the time, uh, a, a bountiful harvest of crops or a full flock of healthy sheep. Uh, joy comes from a good friend, a nice perfume, or even a good bottle of wine. So there you go. When you follow the thread of joy that runs through the Bible, it becomes clear that joy is something God wants us to experience in life, whether it's from a bottle of wine or the birth of a baby. But there's more to it than that. Psalm 43, 4 says this, There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. God doesn't just want us to experience joy. He is the source of it. Joy is something that God produces in our lives through his Holy Spirit. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So just as a starting point today, we can know that God is the source of joy, that he produces it on our lives when we're aligned with him. But also, we can know that he wants us to have joy so much that he designed multiple small ways for us to experience it in our everyday lives. Joy is a byproduct of who God is. And we find huge amounts of it in him, just like we find smaller amounts of joy in things he created. We find joy both in God and in everything that he makes. And when we sing joy to the world, we're singing about something that is vast and multifaceted. Like a diamond, it shines with different light and character, depending on which angle we look at it from. And today I want to look at one facet of joy to examine it from the very specific angle of Jesus' birth. The Christmas story is all about that one night in Bethlehem, but there are other things that are happening around it, more than just a simple birth narrative. And Luke obviously thought that we should pay attention to these things because he wrote about them in his gospel. So let's look at it, starting at, with, right at the beginning with Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth who just so happened to be the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And look at how Luke described them. Luke 1.6 says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Zechariah and Elizabeth were good, righteous people who were very old and had never had children because they were unable to. The story continues in verse 11. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, 
Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. So an angel appears to Zechariah to tell him that in spite of their age, Elizabeth is going to become pregnant, and they are going to have a son named John. This John is going to become John the Baptist. But look at the first thing the angel said to Zechariah. Don't be afraid. I personally think it's logical to be overcome with fear when an angel appears out of nowhere. And Zechariah was freaked. And in response to this fear, the angel said, don't be afraid. Now look at the next thing he said, verse 28. Oh, excuse me, verse 11 again. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now that's interesting because Zechariah was overwhelmed with fear. And in response, the angel told him to not be afraid and that he was going to experience great joy. That ultimately, the outcome of a situation that made Zechariah afraid, that outcome would be joy. Let's keep following the Christmas story by jumping ahead to a more familiar part when an angel appears to Mary. And now it's verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now just prepare yourself because there's going to be a lot of angels randomly appearing in these stories. And here, Gabriel appears to Mary. And look at how she responded. Luke says she was confused and disturbed. There's one thing I really like about Luke's gospel and that it's he had, he had a very high opinion of women. And he regularly showed how women were central to both Jesus's life and the church. And I think it's funny that while Luke says Zachariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear, he describes Mary as confused and disturbed. Zachariah is peeing his pants over here while Mary just sits there calmly wondering what's going on. It's like Luke is flexing his feminist credentials a little bit by showing how tough Mary was. But either way, Mary was still a little freaked out. And so the angel said something familiar. Don't be afraid. Like Zachariah, Mary was experiencing fear and Gabriel told her not to be scared. And look at how she responded in verse 46. She says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Her spirit rejoiced in God. The word rejoice is basically the verb tense of joy, because joy is both something we feel and it's something that we do. We experience joy, and when we rejoice, we do joy. And Mary's response to a situation that made her afraid was joy, to rejoice. Let's jump ahead again in Luke 2, 9 through 10. I'm sorry, verse 8 through 9. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Again, we find a group of people just chilling out when out of nowhere an angel appears. And what was their response? They were terrified. Again, it's funny that a group of shepherds, these big rugged dudes, were terrified while Mary was calmly confused and disturbed, but I digress. So let's keep going in verse 9. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, 
Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. There's a pattern here. Whenever an angel appears, people are terrified. Because of their fear, the angel says, don't be afraid. And then ultimately, people experience joy. You have a state of fear, don't be afraid, and joy. Let me ask you a question. Has it ever really worked when someone told you not to be afraid? I mean, I'm deathly afraid of heights. And you know what's never happened? I've never had someone tell me not to be afraid when I'm up high. And I went, oh my gosh, you're right. I mean, I never thought about it that way before. Instead of being afraid, I should just not do that. No, forget it. Don't even try that. Because telling someone who has a gigantic spider on their face not to be afraid will never work. So what's the difference here? Why did don't be afraid result in joy? Well, the difference is Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he devoted his life to Jesus. And look what he said in Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we trust in God, the outcome is joy. We experience joy because we trust in him. And what is trust if not putting aside our fears when someone says, don't be afraid? Think about a trust fall. It's doing something scary because you believe the person behind you when they say, don't be afraid of falling, I'll catch you. When we are overcome with fear, confused, disturbed, and terrified, God is whispering to us, don't be afraid. And why? Because he wants us to experience joy. The joy that comes from knowing that we can trust him, like Zechariah trusted him, like Mary trusted him. Which brings us to the one thing I want you to remember about joy today. Joy is celebrating when you are afraid. This is important because it means the joy that Jesus brings into our lives, it isn't tied to how well things are going. We don't just feel this kind of joy when things are going great. This is a joy we experience when we're overcome with fear because it comes when we trust God. Not just when things are good, but when we're afraid. I mean, Paul didn't just write about this. He experienced it in Philippians 3.1. Look at this. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice, have joy. Know this, Paul didn't write this when he was drinking a good bottle of wine or testing out nice smelling perfumes. He wrote this from a jail cell. When he was suffering horribly in what to most of us would be a terrifying situation, Paul said, whatever happens, whatever's going on, whatever you're afraid of, rejoice, do joy. Look what he wrote in 1 Corinthians 6.10. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. When we're afraid of poverty, heartache, and suffering, we have joy. We always have joy. And why? Because God said, don't be afraid. I know this is scary, but you can trust me. And when you do, you'll experience a joy that your circumstances can never defeat, a joy that can only be found in me. This is the kind of joy that was epitomized with the birth of a baby in a stable in Bethlehem who would ultimately bring joy to the whole world. The beauty of all this is, is what it says about God. God's not angry. He doesn't want to punish you. He doesn't want you to be afraid. God is not looking for ways to scare us into faith. Instead, he draws near to us to relieve our fear so we can experience the fullness of joy that is only found in him. 
If you're at a place in life where you are afraid, afraid of sickness, poverty, loneliness, shame, meaninglessness, don't be afraid. God is with you and he came into this world not so that you would experience fear, but so that you could experience true joy. So may the joy that surrounds us as we celebrate and remember what God did for us when he came into our world, may that joy flow out of us into the lives of others in the same way God poured it into ours. And may we this holiday season, may we live like Jesus lived, think like he thought, and do what he taught. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.